0: welcome to the heart soul wisdom podcast a journey of self-discovery and transformation moira sutton and her amazing guests share real life stories tools and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears obstacles and challenges that have held you back in the past so you can live your life with the joy passion and happiness that you desire now here's your host create the life you love empowerment life coach moira sutton
1: welcome to episode 16 becoming a heartfelt entrepreneur with our special guest, business owner and entrepreneur, Dr. Lindsay Elmore. Lindsay is a speaker, author, podcast host, world-renowned wellness expert, and a bold entrepreneur who turned her degree in chemistry and her doctorate in pharmacy into a health and wellness education company. She shares her passion from her heart and soul for her natural wellness and stages around the world, and she reaches countless others through social media platforms. Her mission is to share her knowledge and expertise in a way to empower you to make tough decisions, to help you learn to trust your inner voice, to give you the courage to take care of yourself and others. In doing so, she strives to inspire you to find your greatest purpose. She's also the author of Essentials, 75 Answers to Common Questions about Essential Oils and Supplements, and the Clean Slate Cleanse Cookbook and the Workbook series that goes along with this. She has published in a wide variety of pharmacy and medical journals, and she's been featured on news segments on NBC, ABC, CBC, Fox, CW, and the Daily Buzz. Wow. (laughs) So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce you to our special guest, Dr. Lindsay Elmore. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank
2: you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you today.
1: I'm excited too. We're going to have a great (laughs) chat, and we just talked just briefly for the audience before we started to record this, is there's so much Lindsay has to share. I could have her on many times, and I I promise you, I will. (laughs) Oh, thank you. So let's just dive in, Lindsay. Tell us, you know, you weren't always an entrepreneur. What happened? What was your story at the age of, I think, 28, you know, when you were broke and, you know, you weren't in a good place in your life. How did you then move into this, you know, to motivate you to start your company, build your business, and make that leap?
2: Well, I was always a little bit of a wacky pharmacist. I was a pharmacist who knew as much about um, supplements and herbs as I did about medications and over the course of years, it just evolved. It just Mm -hmm. really grew and morphed and created additional opportunities. And at one point I was working for a company and there were some, some shakeups happening and I was offered the opportunity to either remain an employee or to go out on my own and be a contractor with them. And, you know, I had been an entrepreneur or I had been around enough entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs for enough years to know that this was the right decision for me so I I left the corporate world I had even before I joined the corporate world left the academic world I had been in academia I'd been in hospital practice of pharmacy I'd been in um, community practice I had done a lot and I eventually realized that if I really wanted to bring a vision and cast a vision for what kind of world I wanted to see that that would be best accomplished by being an entrepreneur.
1: So tell us, what is that vision, that bigger vision that you hold?
2: Oh my goodness. I just want every woman out there to know that her health, her wellness, her financial fitness, her best relationship ever, all of those things are achievable They are within your grasp and they are in exceedingly large part within your control. So I want people to know that living their best life is not a matter of the hand that you were dealt, but the joy that you can bring to the life that you have, the good, the bad and the ugly. You know, I think this year for sure has been a challenge for a lot of people and this morning, I wrote in my in my gratitude journal and just said, I am grateful that I can control my own inner compass. And if I can get as many people as possible in my life to understand that their internal compass is their own and that they have control of where it is set, regardless of what's going on in the world or regardless of what is going on in politics and government and all the other places that seem to cause us stress, then, you know, I've done pretty good work throughout this life.
1: Yeah, that's that's wonderful because I was going to get into that with the, you know, right now with great change and transformation with the COVID virus. You know, I, I will get into that later with the Or we could get into it now. Why not? (laughs) In the sense that, um, you know, giving your permission yourself to turn off that brain that when you get overwhelmed, talk about the connection between the, the limbic system and the neocortex and the gut and how can people make better decisions and turn off that worry and that anxiety?
2: Well, I think it's very important for people to understand that worry and anxiety is a hijacker of your health your well-being your mental status and your mental stability. So when we're under chronic stress, it not only engages our fight or flight systems mm-hmm. in our brain making us less likely to be able to deal with real stress because you know there is real stress in the world and there are times that stress is extraordinarily beneficial if not life-saving for us. But most of the time, what we're actually experiencing is just low-grade chronic stress where you're you you know you're not in the best relationship, your job is putting too much pressure on you, you haven't taken a vacation in years and years, and this makes us less likely to be able to cope with it when real stress happens, when a child gets gravely ill, or when you're spouse decides to leave you one day or when you get fired or you don't get the promotion you thought you deserved or whatever those real stressors are, we become less likely to be able to deal with those. And because of the way our brain is programmed, our brain is programmed to help us avoid threats that we have had in the past. So if there was an acute stressor at some point in your life and you don't deal with those acute stressors, it can lead to you having the conscious memory of those stressors which then leads you to get you know very nervous at just a minor thing or it can lead you to get to a place where you're not able to think clearly because your limbic system is sending signals to the conscious portion of your brain and saying, hey, I need you to overreact. I need you to overreact. I need you to overreact. This is something worth overreacting to. And and if you stop and take a moment and go, is it really? do I really need to have this big reaction to this or is there something different that I can do? Can I... Shift the way that I talk about this problem and can I shift the way that I engage with this adverse reaction to a situation? You know, you can your kids can be annoying you all day long, but the way you respond to that is up to you. You know, do you respond to that by? screaming and yelling and adding more stress to the situation and creating longer term stress for yourself. Because, you know, when you're little kids, your parents are everything. And if if your kids get stressed out by you, how are they going to return that favor when they're teenagers, you know, versus if your children know that even when you're frustrated, even when you've had a difficult day that you will always meet them to the best of your ability with love and with kindness. Let's focus more on those things. And that not only helps our mental control of our body, but it also helps our physical control of our body. Because when we have those fight or flight reactions and we're under that stress, it raises our blood pressure. It causes us to um, constrict our blood vessels around our kidneys and around our lungs, making it sometimes we've all had those moments where it can almost be difficult to breathe if you're that stressed out. And so we control our physiological environment by controlling our mental environment. And that helps us not only from a mental, emotional, and physiological stress level, but it also helps to improve the function of our immune system. It helps to improve the function of our cardiovascular system. The health benefits of stress reduction, reduction are far-reaching and have lasting impact, even if all you're doing is just spending a moment or two a day focused on removing your stress.
1: hmm <clears throat> Definitely. Well, part of the, the vision of the show is to help individuals, first of all, worldwide, raise their consciousness for the greater good of humanity for themselves and the planet. And one of the things there is with, you know, becoming more conscious co-creator in life is I use, and I know you use this, is the practice of meditation, mindfulness, and paying attention to your intuition. My question to you is how does somebody start to begin to trust their intuition and how do they develop that?
2: Well, I think step 1 is being quiet enough to actually hear it and that is the first step. And so you may be in a situation where you go I don't I don't know if this is the the right decision for me, but if you ignore that, intuition is like a muscle and it will get weaker if you don't put effort towards keeping it up to date and allowing it to serve you. And so when you exercise your intuition, part of what you have to do is become still and quiet in yourself and ask, what do I actually want? And I think that's a very difficult question for a lot of women to answer Mm -hmm. because women, we are Placed in society to where, if we are not caregivers at every step along the way, then who are we and why do we think we matter? And that's not a fair situation to be in. And so women need to sit back and say, what do I really want? And if you can get down to what do I really want, that's going to allow you to do those difficult things. You know, the difficult breakups with bad partners. It's going to allow you to... Realize that you've got to have that terrible conversation with your boss or with your family member that says, you know, this way that I've been being treated, it's not okay. It's not okay and it never will be. So, those are the kind of things that we can start to exercise. And no one says it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. But when you have that moment of, whatever you call it the gut feeling the understanding the realization the all of the things this is your intuition speaking to you even if it's not what you call it even if it's not what you call it if you call it a gut feeling or if you say i don't know i just i just think that i'm supposed to do that well then do that because that is intuition and women have it very, very strongly. It just gets pushed out of us in the name of, well, I need to be something for everyone else. Well, that's not the case. You do not have to be something for everyone else. You can simply be you and that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just taking that in. Um, Yeah, I think for women, definitely. But I think a lot of women now are finding their voice and, you know, speaking their truth and being honest to themselves. And my big thing, again, a tagline for this show and my whole brand is create the life you love on your terms. Mm -hmm. It's so important to do it on your terms, not your husbands, not your maids, not your children's or mother or father, you know, (laughs) it's on your terms because when you have desires placed on your heart, they're placed there for a reason for you to now take steps towards that. So let's segue into what you talk about, begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that we need to cast a vision for our future and who we want to be and all of the amazing things that we have within us that we know we want to share. Because if you don't share them, you are doing a disservice to the person that you are. And women so often i think are hesitant because they simply say well wait a minute i'm supposed to be taking care of my children taking care of my husband but if you don't take care of you then what good is that you Definitely. know what good mm-hmm. is that and as you said if you've got something in your heart it's there for a reason. And to deny it is to deny yourself. It is to deny the very essence of your being. And that is just a losing propos- proposition. It's absolutely just a way to lose yourself to stay in bad relationships, to not raise your children according to the principles and the ethics and the values that you want them to be raised by, it's a losing hand. It really, really is. And so the more that we can tap in and become quiet and understand that we have lots of options for who we want to be, and how we want to give and contribute to the world, then it allows us to create space for our best possible self.
1: Mm-hmm. And how we want to show up in the world and the work that we do, like you're saying for ourselves, Like you have to do the work yourself, you know, yeah. take the time to meditate, take the time to develop the skills you need for that big vision and hold that vision very clearly in your mind and tell that story that empowers yeah. and inspires you for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. How do you help people in the process of finding really what is their life purpose now you might look at that differently so it'd be interesting to hear what you're saying but their passions their purpose and really you know create that business or that brand that you have an excellence in teaching people in your brand strategies lab which we'll talk about how how do you help people f- discover that because i have a lot of people that come to me and i help them with that but how do you do that
2: well i think the big thing is everyone is looking for solutions to problems you know and- So if you are living your life and you have a problem and you think, oh my gosh, if there was this one like aha moment, this aha solution that would change my life for the better, that would bring you to a point of understanding that like, wow, if I actually create this solution, I bet there are a lot of other people who have the same problem. So in Brand Strategies Lab, we talk about what is the problem that you solve, solved and why are you the person to solve that problem? Because if I'm going to show up and I'm going to say, I, you know, I hear you've got this problem and I hear that there is an issue that you're having and hey, I've got this solution. I need to have the authority to tell you that But I also have to have the empathy of, wow, there was a time in my life when I suffered from this same problem and now I don't because I've made changes in my life. So in Brand Strategies Lab, we talk about who are you, what do you sell, what problem does it solve, who do you sell to? And why the heck do they care? And if we can discover those things, it comes down to leading your company with why. Why did you create what you created? Why does anybody care about what you created? You know, why do you think that this this product or this service or this um, good could change someone's life for the better? And how do we strategically communicate with people? so that they understand that that is the case, that gives them that moment where they don't just want to buy your product or service. They are so enthusiastic about buying it that they don't need a sale. They don't need a coupon. They don't need need to know. They don't care if it's out of stock for the next three weeks. They just know they need it. And that is where you want to be. We want products and people that are so passionate about helping to solve the world's problems that it actually transforms into. Getting people so excited about you and what you offer that it creates these brand zealots who they're not only going to buy one, they're going to buy one for the three other people that they know that has this problem, and they're going to talk to you about how amazing it is that there's finally this solution.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's also, you know, it's a process because I've been an entrepreneur for over thirty years, Lindsay. <laughs> so it's it's my path. Along that path it's always been to help people to live their best life for sure through different modalities in that, but it also it keeps unfolding and you know you you have I've had my ups and my downs and around the corners and valleys and the whole gamut and I also you know the point of following a lot of people out there who say they're, they're the guru follow me you'll get these results I've invested in a lot of those programs yes, I came away with something but I found for my own path and tell me how this works with your uh, students and that that when i stopped really listening like to create webinars and all that stuff <laughs> and i just came back to me which is mm-hmm. part of this podcast show because i used to have a television show and i i love researching and interviewing my guests who literally are here to share their wealth of knowledge and wisdom to help inspire and empower other people and not only that with this epidemic and everything i've added back my my reiki long-distance readings and intuition and healings online, which I haven't done that for quite some time. And I realized that I'm really enjoying it. And Mm -hmm. And I'm coming back really through watching you right now. Interesting enough, I've been inspired to look back into like aromatherapy and oils. And we're going to talk about your, you know, your young living education club, because the way you have it set up, and if you really are excited about essential oils, you know, that's all coming back. And, and then kind of writing I'm doing. So it's all showing up as I just allow it and I stay in that zone and I do the work.
2: Yeah, you have to do the work. I mean, you know, there's there's a reason why people who call themselves gurus are inherently, mm-hmm. inherently less trustworthy than people who allow others to call them gurus. You know, I am... As educated as anyone in the realm of essential oils, but I never wanted to be the ultimate authority because I understand that that does not exist. (laughs) I understand that the ultimate authority is the guru within each and every one of us. So... My highest and greatest good is the ultimate authority that I serve, but the highest and greatest good within you is the ultimate authority that you serve. And so I don't think one of the problems that I have with the contemporary practice of medicine is that it's one size fits all. You know, there's one treatment guideline for high blood pressure. There's one treatment guideline for, well, I guess there are like four treatment guidelines for high blood pressure and they all disagree with each other. So there is no ultimate authority, but you know, there's one way that we treat um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. There's one way that we treat asthma and yet At the origins of medicine, where we look at traditional healing modalities to shamanic practices to Ayurveda to energy healing through Reiki, it's ultimately about tapping into the essence of the person that you're working with. And there's the hands on piece of the equation. And there is power in social connection between one unto another and the giving of, I will heal you just as you heal me. I've never thought of my pharmacy practice as a unidirectional practice. I gain as much knowledge and understanding of where we are as humanity from the people that I work with As much as I hope that they gain for me, you know, it needs to be an even exchange between the two providers and the patient or the, the massage client and the therapist. So I think if we go into interactions with others and we understand that the person in front of you regardless of what they look like, what they sound like, what their education level is, what disabilities that they have, what color their skin is, that person has an inherent value. You shape your life. They shape your actions. Yes. They shape what drives you to get out of bed every morning and ultimately they play into your why the why do you do what you do in the world and that's critically important that we all have that mission and that vision that is bigger than us
1: i'd like to yes i'd like to hear a little bit it's just a little side <laughs> side road trip i want to hear a little bit about how you went to africa to meet a shaman, and then you met another one through North Carolina through your studies of, you know, vitamins, minerals, essential oils, and really the origins of disease. How did I, you go about that?
2: So I traveled to Africa. Um, it was it was an interesting thing. I had the desire to go to Africa, and so I go to my boss and I just say, hey if you ever have a need for me to go to Africa, just let me know and I'll go. Um, Because the university that I was at at the time had a lot of international connections. And so I just threw it out there. And six weeks went by and he said, hey, do you want to go to Africa? And I was like, um... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was a little bit taken aback, but I knew there was something in there that I had to do. And so I went and had some conversations with the the people that I would be going with, who I would be teaching with and sharing with and building programs with. And they asked me, is there anything you'd like to do while you're there? And in Africa, in Zambia, where I was, there are as many people registered as shamans as there are pharmacists. And so I just said, well, I really, really want to meet a shaman because shamanic practice has a greater role in healthcare than does the practice of pharmacy. And so I go, I get in this car and they're like, all right, well, we're going to go. We pick up one of the shamans at a local uh, market near his home because he basically said, there's absolutely no way you will find my home without me bringing you to it. And so I'm in this van and we're driving through puddles that had to have been, you know, at least knee, if not bottom of the hip deep, and we're driving through this area where there is bush up to both sides of the car. And I hear someone say, oh, this is the road that goes from this village to that village. And I'm like, this is a road that goes from a village (laughs) to a village? Oh my gosh. So we get into the shaman's house and they begin talking to me about the, you know, the shamanic association of Zambia. They start talking to me about, it was a very academic pursuit. You know, they start telling me about all their members and what it takes to become a member and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, that's great. Um, I am so grateful you shared that with me. That's not why I'm here. And they were like, well, why are you here? And I was like, cause I'm, I'm here for, I'm here for the medicine. I'm here to like actually meet the shaman, not the shaman's public facing face. Um, And they all kind of stopped and looked at each other. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, all the English goes out the window and they begin speaking in Yanja. And he, the shaman looks at me, he looks at me and he says, well, if you're going to work with a shaman, you have to work with my wife because she's more powerful than I am. And I said, okay, great. If she's more powerful than you are amazing. So she comes in the room and she's got a baby with her and she hands me, she hands me the baby and the baby starts crying a little bit. And I'm like, it's okay. It's, you know, just me. And they start speaking again about the fact that I want to have the shamanic healing. And I don't understand anything that's being said, but it was told to me afterwards that she looked at me very, very hard. And her husband asked, you want a healing? And I said, yes. And the wife says, well, I will take her, but the spirits will be very surprised. And I, I kind of stepped back and was like, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? (laughs) Yes. And it came to my awareness that I am white and they are not. And the I was the first white person their child, their baby had ever seen, their older daughters. I was one of the few. I was the first um white westerner that they had brought to the spirits. And I asked them later, why did you do this for me? You know, why why me? And the husband says to me because you were not doing it for sport. You know, this was not me on like some grand mission to discover what ancient Zambian healing traditions were so that I could make fun of them. This was me genuinely wanting to understand and to experience and to be a part of something different than myself. And what was so fascinating about it is because there are more registered shamans than there are pharmacists, shamans in Zambia are allowed to prescribe medications. So I walk out of my surgery with the shaman, with my bag of herbs, with my handwritten notes on how I'm supposed to use them, alongside some antibiotics and some acetaminophen and just like completely traditional, um, Western medications. And so it was, it was quite, it was quite a beautiful experience. One that I probably will never experience again. And it was one of those days where, you know, you fully come to realize that you don't know what ripples your life has in, in the universe around you, and you don't know how your life can shift people's understanding. And I am immensely grateful that, that God put me in a situation where I could be a person who came in search of true shamanic healing and not sport that I could show them that there were people who understood from just an inherent point of view, who understood and loved their craft and their passion, even if we were seemingly from different
1: worlds. Mm-hmm. And as you're talking about that, as I'm hearing you, um, I what happens for me, Lindsay, when I'm connected with my, my soul um, within, And I hear a message like that, I get tears in my eyes. So I know it's really resonating at a high vibration.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think when we go out of our way to see people for who they are and to allow the gifts that that other person has to fully engage with who we are we become more open more understanding more empathetic and we also have to acknowledge our own humility of my perception of the world is not other people's perception mm-hmm. of the world it is not it is not someone saying that you know The world has to be my way or the highway. When you see that other people live a whole lot of other lives, this brings us to a point where we can go, wow, and I want to respect and honor the life that that person lives
1: for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're talking about health and that, and we're looking at essential oils and how they... how in such a ways impact the body i want to know from you what are some of the herbs and vitamins supplements that have real evidence for healing disease naturally
2: I mean, there, the body doesn't function without the proper balance of macro and micronutrients. And to so to say like, oh yes, take this supplement and you will be free from this disease forever is not universally true for every single person. But we do know that if you don't have vitamin A's, vitamin C's, vitamin D, selenium, zinc, manganese, magnesium, you know, if you don't have all of these nutrients in balance, your body simply cannot work. Your body simply cannot function. And so, you know, do we know, and do we have lots of evidence that various probiotics can help to manage irritable bowel syndrome? Sure. But we also have great evidence that meditation can help to manage irritable bowel syndrome. You know, I think, I think the big thing we need to remember is that if you look at Chinese medicine or you look at Ayurveda, or you even look at some more modern interpretations of health, all health begins in the same place. According to Ayurveda, it is the buildup of toxins. And so if that is the buildup of environmental toxins, okay, that's one thing. If that is the buildup of toxic relationships leading you to have depression and um, anxiety, that's one buildup of toxins. If that is the buildup of toxins that we take in from our diet, from eating food that is so far removed from the earth that it's barely a food anymore, you know, it's not even a food, it's a food like product that builds up toxins. And so that's part of it because the toxins then lead to. Huge amounts of free radicals. And if you're not taking in the antioxidants in your body, your body can't tap down those free radicals. Well, then what happens? You get low grade inflammation. And then what happens? Then you get high grade inflammation. And so I think about your body is going to whisper before it screams at you. You know, your body is going to give you something subtle before it screams at you. And so, yes. Freak accidents happen, but oftentimes there were things that had been warning you, had been hinting you, had been making you think about, maybe I don't want to drive after I've had those two cocktails. Maybe I don't want to go on that date with that guy that just gives me a bad feeling maybe I don't want to continue to answer this friend's text messages. All of that precipitates a drunk driving accident or it precipitates um, an abusive relationship. It predates the major fight that you have with that friend that is just toxic. It's just toxic. And so, If you're living your life and you think you're pretty healthy overall, you know what, are your bowels talking to you in some kind of subtle way? Is is the headache that you wake up? All of those things are whispers that you can listen to those whispers before they start to scream at you because once your body is screaming at you in chronic pain or in an absolutely abusive relationship or you have just gone down a rabbit hole of addiction, whatever those things are, your body's been whispering to you for a while before it became an, a pressing
1: need that must be fixed right now. Mm -hmm. And then you have a choice. There's a choice point in our life. What do you want to do? And you don't have to wait for that crisis to happen in your life. It's like you're saying, listen to that tiny whispers and, you know, and pay attention and then take inspired action from whatever information you gain.
2: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, if you can listen to what's within, you know, I I love John Maxwell because (laughs) I think a lot of people get very nervous about meditation, because they think it somehow takes away from God. They think it somehow takes away with a spiritual or religious experience. And and I've had people tell me, I don't meditate, I pray. And John Maxwell says, praying is asking God questions. Meditation is listening for the answers. Mm -hmm. And when we can listen for the answers in the most subtle of ways, we begin to transform our lives
1: hmm I meditate and pray every day. There, it's, yeah. a comp- it's a combination that I do within my meditation. And literally, I hold a space for the world to have this raising the consciousness and healing for our planet. So both of them are combined, but I hear what you're saying. I love John Maxwell. Yeah. Lindsay, can you share, because a lot of people, they see you as where well, you are. You're very successful in your life, um, business and your life. What were some of the biggest mistakes you made along the way? And how did you blast through those or overcome those challenges?
2: Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I think every entrepreneur has a lot of stories about battle scars and wound <laughs> mistakes that we've made. Um, I think the, the big thing is... S- failing to start. I think mm. a lot of people look at, oh, she's got the podcast and she's got the the website and she's got the equipment and the sound studio and the this and the that. And yeah, I started at my kitchen table with just me at a computer with a phone making <laughs> some videos. Like I started with nothing and, you know, if you want to look, if you want to have some fun, go back, go and Google something called the way back machine. And you can go and look at what does any website look like at any point backwards in time. And you will realize that most websites are, just, they started with nothing. They started with like one blog post. I look back on my website. So many people have been like, I could never build a website like yours. And I was like, well, my website started with one blog post. So that was all it was. It was one blog post with a, with a homepage. But if I hadn't written that one, I wouldn't have written the second one, and I wouldn't have written the third, and I certainly wouldn't have five, 600 of them by now. So don't allow the fact that you're not farther along to prevent you from starting. Start. Just begin somewhere and allow that starting point to be just that, to be what you do next and what you do after that and after that. I also have not trusted my intuition and it is deadly um, because (laughs) in business, when you don't trust your intuition, guess what? You waste a lot of money and you work with people who will promise you all kinds of things and they never bring it to fruition. Yes, And then you end up mad at yourself. You end up really mad at yourself because you're like, well, I was supposed to accomplish this and I didn't. And part of that reason is because there were people in your sphere who were casting bad energy towards the projects that you worked on. So always trust your intuition. If, especially when it comes to making software decisions and making big, um, big investments on, what you, who you want to work with. I think that's a really, really big one when you're selecting employees, um, and consultants that you want to work with hire very slowly and fire very quickly.
1: Um, (laughs) That's great.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, you, you hire slow fire quick because, it's work to onboard people and all of the things. So be, um, be aware that bringing the right people in and having the right people around you is very, very, very important. Um, so those have been some of the biggest mistakes that I have made. And the way that I get through them is by understanding that the work that I do has meaning. It has meaning for myself because I, I mean, I tell you, one of the things about being a health and wellness influencer is if you don't continually try new health and wellness things and you don't put yourself out there and you don't do the, like, you know, I I just started a cleanse yesterday that I've never done before. And so I'm trying it out. I'm seeing how it goes. And that gives me the opportunity to talk to my audience and to let my audience know that I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be, and I never ever will be. But yet I'm here on a journey with you and I'll share my journey I'll share my journey with you And if some of it inspires you, then I hope you come along too.
1: Mm-hmm. And this show is also about a journey of self-discovery and transformation. So that's perfect. I know that when I did my television show, people would come up to me and I'd have three, four guests a week. This is when I drove to the studio, did makeup and everything and I prepared the questions, the gifts, the contests, everything. And people went, how did you do that? How did you, how can I get that? You know, that kind of energy. And yeah. I remember thinking, no, <laughs> it's, you know, this doesn't come from there. It's, it was a passion and I wanted to learn it. And I learned it. I learned how to write intros, outros, all of it. I, I yes. put a lot and went for the, you know, the, the photo shoot. It didn't just happen overnight. It wasn't just something, oh, you can go now and jazz, get your show. And it's not about doing it for you. It's, are you doing this? Yes, you enjoy it. You have a passion, but what are you contributing to the world? And out of all my guests that I had, I think I only had two when I asked them to really share their nuggets of wisdom to inspire and empower the audience. Then, you know, I had somebody say, I'm not sharing that. Like that's, that's private. And I said, well, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean... Because out of all the guests, it was only two. And I remember who they were. And, um, and I thought that's sad that, you know, you don't want to share that with somebody else. This isn't you know this con- um, competition now. This is about contribution and collaboration and community. All those C words that I love: encourage and, you know, it's about that and your creativity and you're uniquely you. It
2: absolutely is. And if by someone listening to this podcast prevents them from making a a. a or $1,000 or a $5,000 or a $50,000 mistake because they've got a contract sitting on their desk that everybody around them keeps pressuring them to sign. And there's just something in that contract that they don't feel right about. I've done my job for the day. You know, we we have the opportunity to help and to raise each other up. Mm -hmm. And let's just continue to raise each other up up and I think it's really, really important um, that we spend time sharing these stories with others because we all make mistakes and we all make errors and we all make bad judgments and we all have our moments where we look back and go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that and maybe I could do that differently next time let's just do more of that for one another. And yeah, it would make me really sad. I mean, anytime you're on a podcast or hosting a podcast and the the guest says no, um, that's, that's really frustrating.
1: hmm hmm So it's a learning lesson along the curve because doing a podcast is a little, little different than a television show, but it's still highlighting wonderful people to get their message out and really create the snowball effect. That's what I yeah. want. So it reaches many people. Just when we talk about, you know, today, again, a lot of people aren't traveling. We can't travel to, you know, we can't come to the States from Canada. You know, people are scared to travel right now. And there's people that aren't really watching all that, but I'm one of the ones, not from fear, but how, as you being a Delta 360 and a Diamond member, and you've traveled so much in the world, how can people stay healthy when they're traveling and and be safe?
2: Well, I think, part of the big thing is, is, is eliminating the stress. And so I see, I see people when they're traveling all the time and it's, you, you can almost, you can almost feel the like in their, in their, um, arena. And so just stop with the stress. If traveling is stressful for you, like, why are you even doing it? Yes, yes. Um, and so there's that piece of it. And then you guys, I I hate to say it, but it's honestly not that challenging. It's really not. Sleep well, eat well, have positive social connections with people that you're traveling with and be joyful. We stay in our best frame of mind when we are in extraordinarily full of joy and of life and of curiosity. And, you know, now is a moment where it, it is a struggle for a lot of people, especially as the recommendations that we're being given are inconsistent to say the least, and they are um, ever changing, which is always, um, which is always stressful as well. And so I think that there's nothing wrong with washing your hands, take some vitamin C, take some zinc, take some probiotics, drink all the water, get plenty of sleep, just take care of you absolutely take care of you and you will be in a situation where you can stay well no matter where you are in the world.
1: Hmm. Thank you. Lindsay, what is your your Young Living Education Club and who would be the ideal person to join you on this journey of that? And what's a success story of someone who started the program and the results they achieved during this program? Well,
2: I'm a huge fan of Young Living Essential Oils. I've been affiliated with the company for going on seven years. And I realized that there was not a place where there was, I I realized there was not a place where there was all of the education about Young Living's products because I realized there was, there was, you know, some, some crazy things being said about essential oils and about, about the, uh, way that supplements work and all of this on online. So I really wanted to take, a deeper look and say, well, how do I explain this to people in a way that I would think about it if I were talking about a medication or talking about it as if I were a pharmacist. And so I wanted to set out and create an educational database for Young Living's essential oils as well as their supplements where anybody who was interested in the products or in the business of Young Living could get involved, get their learn on, learn all the information that they would need to go out there and create their own entrepreneurs.
1: Lindsay, thank you so much for sharing from your heart and soul your wisdom today on how to become a successful, heartfelt entrepreneur.
0: Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to the Heart, Soul, Wisdom podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. You will be part of a global movement connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.